Yeah, I got out at the right time for the stuff. Like, I'm playing jazz all the time. In fact, I have a new record coming out on Rope-A-Dope, if I may be so bold. And it's me and uh, it's my record. It's called Indigo Blue, Live at the Iridium. And it'll be out in June. And uh, it's with Christian McBride, Randy Brecker, Donald Harrison, uh, Rob Dixon, Antonio Faro, and myself. Some new writing, all straight-ahead acoustic. It's killing. It's pretty slamming, if I do say so myself. And... And my website is drummermikeclark.com. A bunch of my records are on there, the jazz records I've made over the year, which are quite a few of them. And uh, and last year I was on, and I'm still in his band, Eddie Henderson had a record out called Be Cool, which went to number one on the jazz charts. And we're, we're working at the end of this month when I come back from California, we're working at a, a club here called Smoke for three nights. And then uh, I think Todd Barkin just opened up a new Keystone in Baltimore, and I just got a call from Eddie to go down there and play in October. Um, and also, uh, I'm just trying to get some of my update. Me and Michael Wolf have a group called the Wolf and Clark Expedition, and we're going out to San Francisco Jazz uh, Center in September and playing out there. And uh, I'm really, uh, I love that. I love the Wolf and Clark Expedition. It's, uh, you know, uh, we use a lot of great guys. We use Eddie Henderson. We use Donald Harrison. We use this guy we use Essie and Essie on bass and uh, uh, and Michael and I have two two CDs out as well so we're uh, still pursuing that and um, I've seen to be holding my own as an acoustic jazz drummer so uh, I don't want to I am going out with uh, this weekend with Grant Green Jr. and Donald Harrison and Will Blades on organ at the Boom Boom Room in San Francisco and that will be a more funk orientated kind. It's kind of in the crack. It's, it, it's nice. And uh, um, anyway, that's what I'm doing. I'm, uh, you know, paying the rent and playing the stuff, <laughs> trying, trying, trying to play the stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. You have all those um, outlets. Um, and um, the Wolf uh, and Clark, uh, interesting choices of covers on some of those. You know, yes, yeah, indeed. You know, we yeah, you know, it's a real natural band, so we we have a lot of fun when we get to. We know all the arrangements, so I don't have to read. Well, I walk in and just play all kinds of whatever I feel like playing. It always swings. Or blues is always present. You know, one thing I did want to tell you: two years ago, I used to play a couple of clubs, and all of these blues guys would come through. And so I played when I was quite young with several of the Albert King, Albert Collins, Jimmy Reed, some of the guys I mentioned earlier. I actually got to do three or four nights with here and there. And uh, um, I, 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 it, was it was interesting for me because even as a young guy, I was a jazz drummer that kind of needed money. And I, I took the gigs and uh, I learned a whole lot of cool stuff playing with those cats, man, like... Uh, and when I listen to those records, I'm not on any of them. But when I listen to them today, it brings me as much joy. It's like I never heard them before. It's like the first time I ever heard it. <laughs> Same how, with Art Blakey. How, how, did, how did you come? You were on um, a Betty uh, Betty Davis session, right? Way oh, back. Yeah, that, yeah, I was. Yeah. How did well, that happen? Okay, let's see. I was playing uh, on and off at the condor club with a guy called bobby freeman soul singer from uh i don't know where he was from um but he had a couple of hits out the swim betty lou got a new pair of shoes and do you want to dance 
And every once in a while I play, I wasn't the regular guy. So somehow through that experience, I met some guy that uh, knew Buddy Miles. Buddy was just getting started. So I went out to hang out with Buddy Miles and some of those cats. And at this time, I was also playing exclusively, not exclusively, but I, a, a lot of the work I did was with Vince Guaraldi, the jazz piano player. So he knew some of these guys. They all lived out in the North Bay. Uh, so somehow, okay, so I met this guy. Anyway, I get this phone call from somebody, a guy named Mario Medius from New York. And he had heard of me through one of these guys that I had met from this Buddy Miles, Bobby Freeman experience. And I heard you can play some funk. I'm like, I think so, yeah. He says, well, uh, I'm doing this record with Betty Davis. Uh, can you come over and do it? Uh, I didn't even know who she was. Uh, she was married to Miles. Oh, she's married to Miles. Of course, I'll be there. You know, like, so I went over and there was these young guys uh, there. Um, I don't know whether they'd played many gigs yet or not. For real. They were really young, just right out of high school, I believe. And Buddy was there. And uh, and I met Betty. And we all went across the street and had this nice dinner and talked. That was the rehearsal, the dinner. We just, nobody, I don't know what we were going to do. So we got in there. And they were like, uh, okay, uh, we're going to play this thing. One, two, three. And... And that's what it was. And so I just play time and it was fun. And these young cats would play the funky thing. Uh, it wasn't like the Oakland funk. It was a completely different animal. And Betty would sing over the top of it. And Buddy Miles played guitar and I played drum. Yeah. And uh, it was fun, man. And uh, I was young, you know, and uh, this guy, Mario, is a great guy. And Betty was wonderful to work with. And, and these young cats, I don't even know their name to this day. I never saw them again, but they were cool, you know. And the, the whole thing, I think we did the whole thing in about four hours, you mm. know. And, and, and a lot of it was the dinner and, and a few glasses of wine and hang. And then, of course, hang with Buddy is, is right there. And that right there is, a, um, I just don't even know what the word is to say. That's an experience. It's more than hanging, you know, this dude, you know. And um, I, I really enjoyed that. I forgot I did that record. I mean, I know that I did it. It's not like I totally forgot, but I don't talk about that. Nobody says that to me very often. It was, it's a good memory for me. I, I like those people. Let me ask you, Mike, um, there's so much synergy, but there's a lot of uh, tie-in between funk and jazz. And even though the drumming is much more complex typically in jazz than in funk. Where do they intersect and what is the difference in your mind? Because, you know, your, your contemporaries like Lenny White and Harvey Mason and Des Chambers and Billy Cobham and all these guys, they've also done funk too. So what is the commonality? What is the divergence in your mind? Well, to me, jazz music is a, it, it can be very powerful and strong, but it's not as loud. So there's nothing blocking you from coming through with your creativity. Uh, the beat is different. Swing is an entirely different animal, for one thing. It, what, to me, the commonality of the whole thing is the blues. If you can't play the blues, then it, the other stuff is not going to fly for my money. I hear a lot of guys that don't have the blues 
thing in their playing and it sounds good and it's very well done but it doesn't knock me out that's my taste it doesn't mean it's bad music or anything like that but uh, i'd say the blues like in a funk gig uh you know it's about getting funky so there's less going on for the drums you know you gotta kind of keep keep the groove together and in jazz you can keep the groove together but you can be part of the musical conversation so you can enter into the conversation. If a guy is soloing, you're free to interact with him, not blow him away or, or ignore him, but to comment, funny thing happened on the way to the forum, and you have this conversation with the guy. You know, In funk, the music's not usually that conversational, and you're kind of relegated to certain drum sounds, certain ideas. Uh, there's guys that break the rules all the time, you know, and plus, uh, most of the funk type music, there's no chord changes. It's a few chords or none. Uh, and I'm from the old, I love all the standard tunes and I love the uh, harmony and the advanced harmony. And I love Bill Evans and I also love Hampton Hawes. And uh, I'm in love with jazz music. It's deep in my soul. It's deep. It's all, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, for the funky thing, I love James Brown. I love Bobby Blue Bland. I love the, all those guys from that time period. And I sort of dropped off after that, after the end of the James Brown kind of era right there is when I stopped listening. And every once in a while, I'll be somewhere and I'll hear some stuff that really knocks me out. You know, I'll be like, wow, who is that killing some innovative new kind of funk or some drumming that's totally uh, killing. It doesn't have to have technique. The guy could not even be able to roll. It would be fine with me if the beat is killing, you know, and like uh, um, uh, some of the gospel chops cats that I hear, amazing stuff. It's like, what? When did that start? And uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, how can you not like some of that? I mean, please. So, mm, uh, but I don't like me playing those things, you know. Uh, I kind of got typecast, um, and so I'm not a fan of me playing in a funky band, unless it's kind of like a bitches brew type of funk, if you want to call that funk, or something real open and loose like that. More you know, eclectic. Yeah, then I can get into it. Yeah, then I, I like, but that's just... Uh, you can't always do what you like to do. You got to make a living. And so like, uh, but mostly I am doing the playing the stuff that I'm, that I love. And uh, so I'm lucky, you know what I mean? I'm lucky, but, but uh, I just want to clear that up because like some, uh, sometimes people call me expecting to get uh a real super funky, put your hands together, get out on the floor, my God, that's not who I am. And when that happens, I'm like, everybody goes home with kind of a funny look on their face. So and now at older, I'm like, I have to tell you this. And, and I hope, and I try to explain who, what kind of artist I am. But then again, you know, if somebody wants a, some real funky drums in the studio, and there's going to be a vocal, and I'm not going to have to blow too much, and it's like some pocket stuff. I'm real good. I'm good at that. Like I could uh, play on uh, uh, guys who still try to imitate the stacks thing every once in a while. They call me because they know I like I love that stuff. <laughs> so um, 
I guess I'm conflicted a little bit here in my uh, thing. You know what I mean? It, I, I understand. I, I, try, I, yeah, I, I have these here, so I do want to just show them real quick because it's part of the legacy. And the headhunters, you guys, you did go off and do your own thing, and it continues to be alive today. So, um, yeah, these are the ones it from is. the 70s. But you also came back later in the 90s, and you've done recordings since then. So could you just talk a little bit about uh, how and why you revived that and what you're doing now with Headhunters? Well, Bill and I, Bill, uh, I, I went out for a year with, with the Headhunters with Herbie, but it was musically unsatisfactory for me. I didn't care for it, and uh, so I didn't continue. Um, I liked the money. The money was real good, but it was like, wow, what am I doing? I'm not playing. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm not part of this band anymore. So I went home. And uh, it, when it was over, it was over. And we all went to our corners. And uh, I, I was glad to not be a part of it. And uh, I didn't dig the music. And uh, I just didn't like it. And uh, uh, But Later, Bill called me and said, hey, man, uh, why don't we revise a looser version of the Headhunters, something more you feel comfortable with, and, uh, and do a couple of things. Uh, we don't want to just let it die for, you know, right there with a bad taste in our mouth. And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let me think of some things. So I came up with a few uh, piece mute pieces of music and so did he and then we tried to hire people where it would be more of a jazzy experience i mean uh we don't really play straight ahead in that band sometimes we do we'll play a monk tune monk stream or whatever you know just to break the monotony but it became more like a modern take on bitches brew or something where i could be involved rhythmically and i didn't feel like uh um i was babysitting and uh um, and it became quite a creative experience. And we just got back from a tour where we used, uh, Donald Harrison joined us. So whenever he can make it, uh, he's a, 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 a genius. He's a brilliant, brilliant artist on every level and there's nothing he can't do and you don't have to say a word to him you just let him go up there and play and he'll find everything that oh my goodness and uh um so and then we got jerry z on organ so now it's an organ band you know what i mean so like if we could turn into uh, uh it can it can go into a lot of directions and and uh, i find it refreshing um, and it's fun to do. We don't do it all the time. We do a couple of tours a year. You know, we're, uh, they want us to come to China now all of a sudden, and that'll be fun. And so, um, and we also just recorded a new record. It's, uh, we may put out ourselves. I, we, uh, we just started shopping it. That's, uh, I really also believe in this new record. I really like the new record, which I haven't liked a headhunters record in, in a very long time. This one I feel good about. I'm like, yeah, now this is saying we got a few things on here. So that's what's up with that. We kept going, you know, and uh, it's not, uh, it, and it's uh, it's not something that uh, we do all the time. But is is, speaks, is speakers in the house the new one? Speakers in the house. Yeah, the that's the new one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I like it a lot. It needs a, a 
we're gonna we're gonna if we get a deal or whatever we're gonna end up doing it needs a few touch-ups but it's pretty good man and and uh we got a great reaction to the organ band in europe the places were packed and they uh, you know ray charles used to say if i like it they're gonna like it and i feel much like that if we like what we're doing the people are gonna like it if we're if we don't like what we're doing because the headhunters is a mixture of a lot of different types of artists who would probably never play together if it wasn't for that gig. So it takes a lot of, uh, um, you have to have your compassion and your humanity up to be in that band because everybody's coming from such a different place, you know. And and I've been in that band almost all my life. <laughs> Speaking of which, I mean, I know on one of the records you have Patrice Russian doing the keyboards, and it looks like on a tour of Europe you had T.M. Stevens playing bass. Um, so those are some yes. interesting uh, collaborations right there. Yeah, that was fun. That was great. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Patrice, and T.M. was great. We did some of that stuff. You know, in fact, I have a, a record I made, a jazz record. Uh, it's uh, with Patrice and Christian McBride and... Uh, and Donald Harrison and Jed Levy. Um, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> it's my record. Uh, well, you got a lot of it, so it's- If you go to my website, it's a good record, but but yeah, I have history with Patrice and TM and all those people. So it's fun, all that's fun, yeah. <clears throat> Are you surprised that the uh, interest in music has held up all these years? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess maybe I am. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I've never thought about it before, but yeah, I've. Uh, well, my interest in the music I grew up on, Coltrane and Miles and all that, is still. I'm still listening to those records. I listen to new stuff, but I'm listening to all that stuff as if as if it just happened yesterday. Lee Morgan, Hank Mobley. I'm like, I've been hearing this stuff since high school. I'm still like, whoa, man, listen to that. You know, I don't know. So in a way, I'm surprised. In another way, people that grew up on the Headhunters that, uh, that still dig us, I, I guess I understand that. You know, I mean, Headhunters was a good band. It was, it was never a lousy band. There was always, in our attempt to come up with some new stuff and try to break through on some innovative ideas, probably we... Uh, you know, uh, our shirt tail was hanging out uh, here and there, but more than one would. But if you're going to take those kind of chances, um, that's what happens. And we learned that from Herbie, man. Herbie was in those days and probably now still was all about taking chances. Sometimes we go up on the stage in front of 10,000 people not knowing what we were going to play, you know, and he'd be like, "I'll oh, just start something. And uh, it was great. You know, he got all that from Miles, <clears throat> he told me. Well, with, with all this that you've accomplished and done, uh, Mike, is there a favorite work that you've done, piece of music or, or musical statement that you're especially proud of? Yeah. Um, uh, one of them is, now this is an attempt to, uh, one of them is my new record, uh, Indigo Blue, that's coming out. And I'm not saying that to, to promote it. I, I know what it sounds like because I just got done mixing it. <laughs> and, and so I'm, uh, I love that. You know, um, I made another record a long time ago that's out of print called Give the Drummer Some on a label sound called Stash. 
that I thought was really good. Uh, um, these are all jazz records, but it's pretty, uh, we're everybody's really going for it. It's not regular stuff. And then uh, the funk stops here with Paul Jackson, I thought was really top shelf, and Kenny Garrett. Um, um, I'm very proud of that. Um, actual proof, of course, is a mainstay. I'm extremely proud of that. Either one, the one on Flood, the one on the other Flood that nobody will ever hear was pretty damn good, and and uh, uh, and the one on Thrust. Um, uh, I've made. If, if somebody goes on my on my website, there's records on there, that jazz records where I think I'm. Uh, there's one called Carnival of Soul that has some pretty nice stuff on it, and it's an organ record, and it I use several different organ groups, organ players. I think it's pretty good. I'm proud of that. And and then I made one last year for Ropadope called um, uh, Retro Report, which an old friend of mine, Delbert Bump, a killing organ player uh, from California, the Bay Area, uh, and I um, recorded. And we went way back uh, and played some old school funk, some old school shuffles. And I, we played Honky Tonk by Bill Doggett. I played with Bill Doggett for years at the Showman in Harlem. Uh, went back over some of the roots and made kind of a party record. It's not a brain surgeon record. You know, it's not, we didn't, it's not a mathematical, uh, you know. And uh, uh, there's nothing on there that, that's played that is... Uh, new different hard to play difficult but the overall thing is a groove man it even won now i don't know how this happened because i don't know about all these polls but somebody contacted me and said did you know your record retro report on rope dope won best party record of the year i'm like what uh okay and um so most of the records under my own name I like because it was my vision and I was able to get my idea across the plate on these wars when I when you work for a band leader another guy and I'm not the leader then you have a different mindset you have to help bring his vision to life you know sure. and uh, and that's the gig if you're going to take the money you got to do a good job and so um, so yeah those records are the ones that um, I've made as a leader, I'm very proud of. Yeah. I feel good about it. How do you feel about the current state of, of jazz as we sit here today? Well, when I go to a jazz festival and it's all a wall of amplifiers and people are playing like very, like some kind of rhythm and blues that's not really funky and there's only a few jazz acts, I don't care for that very much. Um, um, a lot of the jazz clubs um, are no longer open or they have a lot of funk groups in them on different nights. So they're not jazz clubs anymore. So those are the things, uh, the record situation, the recording situation is devastating for us musicians. And uh, at the same time that that's happening, I think uh, there's plenty of great, new young jazz musicians well I, i'd say it's half and half part of the scene is healthy because there's new blood there's new ideas there's new writing there's new 
musicians and I seem to be working enough. So I'm still, you know, all my life they've said since high school, oh man, you know, the jazz is worse than ever. It's the worst. It's dead. Nobody, I've played jazz all my life and made most of my money doing that. And so if it's dead, then how am I still going? You know, and, and, uh, but when they stole the publishing and, and, uh, when they took everything away from the musicians as far as uh, sampling, um, record sales are not the same. That that hurt a lot because that's part of your income. So that's like saying, okay, uh, um, we're going to take one quarter of your income away from you every year for the rest of your life unless something changes. So you're like, oh, really? Okay, what am I going to do about that? So you have to implement that's why a lot of people are teaching and doing different things now working in colleges and this that the other you know but i don't think the music is going to die i think it's going to keep advancing and keep trucking along no matter what you know i think hopeful yeah yeah hopefully yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um you mentioned before mike i want to make sure that you get out the information again your websites and you know how people can keep up with what you're doing Right. Uh, my website is drummermikeclark.com. And if you dare go on my Facebook page and can weather my rant, rants, all my dates are up there. And also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Mike Clark. Drummer Mike Clark. And uh, drummermikeclark.com is my Facebook. And uh, um, trying to think if there's any news. I won number four in uh classic jazz drummer and modern drummer i was chosen number four so i i kind of proud of that I'm congratulations like, some some joker named jack dejanet i never even heard of this dude before he, he won number one man who's that dude some new young guy what I'm are like, you wait, gonna do <laughs> wait i got robbed <laughs> i saw you also have a new headhunters website right oh yeah it's uh you're right it is and it's uh we're not done you know it's uh not totally under construction but i mean we're still adding subtracting don't do this put that on there get rid of this you know we're it's it's a work in progress but yes we do you know and uh, do you know the uh how do you get there is it just the headhunters.com i think it was the headhuntersband.com you're right it used to be the headhuntersband something else.com but finally they dropped the Squarespace or whatever dropped it. Yeah, the headhuntersband.com. You're right. Thank you. Sure. And to your credit, you're very active on social media. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? Beware. You may not want to go there, depending on how you feel about it. I've tried to tone it way down and just, and uh, because I thought, um, I'm not really, uh, you know, what happens is you travel around and you see a bunch of stuff that you don't care for. You're tired, you're doing, you have a couple of glasses of wine, you're there on Facebook, hey, wait a minute. So uh, <laughs> my new policy is um, to, uh, I realize I'm not creating any value for others or myself. I, so now it's kind of like, I'm playing here, I'm playing over there, here's a great clip by uh, Tony Williams or you know something like that. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I sort of, uh, had to, I don't have to, I mean, uh, but I, I realize I'm hurting people who don't see it, the world like I do, I'm hurting their feelings or angering them. And at first I was like, I don't care. 
And then I'm like, wait a minute, I do care. You know what? I actually do care. So let me stop. So I, it's not as lively as it used to be. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Great talking to you. Continued success. And, uh, you know, keep it going, man. Thanks, Scott, brother. I appreciate that, man. I enjoyed that very much. Thanks for including me uh, with all the other great cats you got on here. All right. You take good care. All right. Whoa. Clark got a little tight with the camera at times. It's funny how he has such a love-hate relationship with funk versus straight-up jazz. I say just accept that you kicked ass doing funky jazz and are beloved by many thousands, including me, for doing so. I mean, come on. It's funk. And some of the best ever created with the Headhunters. It's not mainstream pop or smooth jazz, so get real. But he clearly has a high standard and more power to him for staying true to who he is in his heart and so actively playing and preserving the essence of jazz and jazz drumming. Certainly was a blast to converse with him and wonderful that he continues to give us so much new music. So an enormous thank you once again to Mr. Mike Clark. Also, as always, a sincere thank you to you, the viewers and supporters of this program. Speaking of which, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe. Subscribe to the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube. That's where truth and rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Need that support? Tell family, tell friends. Bring them on. Speaking of which, make sure you email me. Give me a, a holler. Let me know what you like, what's on your mind, what you're thinking musically, who else you might like to see on the show. It's a two-way street. This is your show. So I um, want to hear from you. And you'll hear back, I promise you. And with that, as always, this is Scott Dr. G.S. Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. 